Welcome to Walk the Line, the podcast for people working in offsite construction, hosted by Chris Ward from Trunk. Welcome back. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by David Higgins from ESS Modular. David tells us about lean production methods when manufacturing buildings, the value of real-time data in manufacturing, adopting standardized products, and increasing throughput by 55%. Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us this afternoon, David. I really appreciate you giving up the time. Give us a bit of an intro about yourself then, who you are, your role and the company you work at as well. Yeah, okay. Hi, my name is David Higgins. I've been currently working with ESS for over three years now. My background ranges from metal fabrication to BA and pharmaceutical operations. I have 22 years experience in manufacturing with the next chapter, obviously, for the foreseeable future within ESS modular. My role currently is head of PMO for ESS. My aim is to assist the manufacturing department in ensuring that the correct projects are performed on time by a proper resource in an agreed upon and professional manner. It's essentially a conduit between our sectors and the operations and production teams. Right. Okay. Okay. And when you say sectors teams, they might be called something else elsewhere in the industry. What's the sectors team? Oh, yeah. So our ESS is broken down into three sectors. So we have a HC, which is healthcare, residential and commercial. And then we have that in the UK, in the in Ireland, and we also have an education sector okay. with, within the UK. So yeah, very busy. Okay. All right. And uh, tell me about how you ended up in offsite construction then. Believe it or not, I had a previous life in ESS many moons ago when I was 16 during a school summer break. But I've been manufacturing most of my professional life, working as a production and operations manager within the steel industry mainly. And then essentially in May 2020, ESS reached out again and the rest is history. Chris, just been here ever since. I love Brilliant. it. Really love Brilliant. it. Brilliant. Okay. All right. And tell me then just about reflecting on the last 12 months, quite often for people to talk about things that are challenging and tough time and what's going on in supply chain and all of that. But also, no matter what happens in the industry, there's always successes as well. And I like to focus on those for this this piece rather than anything else. So maybe you could just tell me about successes in the last 12 months for you. Yeah. Successes over the past 12 months, especially in my role, would be huge, Chris. Obviously, I started here as a planner originally. I went from planner to planning lead head of planning to now head of PMO. So I wasn't a successor to anybody, which which meant I had to gather data, implement new procedures all from scratch. So three years on now, these procedures are now the holy grail in terms of how we operate within ESS. The team has constantly grown as the factories start to expand and the projects get bigger. Look, looking ahead as a business, we'll be looking to standardize our product with the first project rolling out in the next couple of weeks with the help of Trunk. You are obviously involved. This will be hugely beneficial to the PMO department. It's going to ensure that our data is accurate and with the help of it's going to allow us to remove any human error around manually inputting data into our spreadsheets and mm-hmm. um, the biggest challenge i don't like to dwell on challenges because i mean every job has challenges right now i think with trunk and the lean methodologies that we're trying to implement i said it's we're trying to shift the cultural change at the minute that's definitely the biggest challenge what trunk has done and what these lean methodologies have done obviously in the last eight weeks anyway chris is you can see the effect. We've literally gone, I think of the numbers here in front of me, we've gone from 6.87 modules per week to 10.63 modules over the last eight weeks, which is a huge jump in module outputs. And that's literally down to just new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. And putting that some context as well, I mean, ESS is a business that's been trading for 30 years or more, roots in maybe not in an MMC, but maybe in sort of temporary buildings, porter cabins, as I understand from going way back, and then the business has evolved there. But what's the current picture at ESS? I mean, we're talking about growing and expanding, but significantly so, isn't it, at the moment in ESS? It is. It's massive. Case. It absolutely is. When I was here 
when I was 16, Chris, we were we were a port of Lou, port of cabin business. So it came as a bit of a surprise to come back again, thinking to myself, I've just completed a degree in pharmaceuticals. Right. How does this relate? And then when I came in and I seen how far MMC, I didn't know much about it because obviously my career went a different way. And I came in and I think we had an MMC school in the car park. Just blew my mind. I took a walk around. I thought, this is going to be in the UK in three days' time. Still, even three years on, it still blows my mind, Chris. Honestly, <laughs> you take a walk around a factory out here, you can see a school or a hospital or an apartment. It's just it's phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, brilliant. A particularly exciting chapter then at the minute for you and for ESS, you know, in terms of growth and impacting sort of numbers. We've got the new factories spinning up as well. Yeah. So, yeah, fantastic chapter. You mentioned there about lean methodologies that, that are implementing. Maybe you could, could you give me a couple of examples just off the cuff of practically what that might look like maybe before and after or something that's changed in terms of a process? So in terms of the process, we've we obviously got CLS in to do a full map, a full value stream map of Ashbrook. And literally, and all it did is literally just remove your the waste. Like, so any non-value added time that was on the floor has now okay. been completely removed. It just makes people think how they operate, how they move, how we transport stuff. Even if it's the case of just slightly moving machinery so you're not walking from one end of the factory to another. Just subtle changes like this give you a jump from a 6.87 module per week to a 10.63 module per week. You know, that along with technology, obviously, in, in offsite manufacturing is just hugely beneficial to us. Coming from a continuous approval background, I'm always looking for new ways and processes to improve how we do things yourselves. So then obviously we're now gathering data, Chris, as you're well aware, at a rate of knots now. We never gather data ever before. But it's like, and you can see what the pilot has obviously done for us at this stage. I said, the data is just flying in. As I said, we're taking the manual, the manual error out of things because it, it used to be just Claudia standing out there with a pen and paper. I said, now we've now real-time data, floor, ceilings, wall manufacturing within seconds. It says we can see downtime within seconds, reaching the right people within minutes rather than hours. And then it just removes bottlenecks a lot quicker. So rather than us, Chris, you're probably aware, you could, you'd raise an issue down there by the time it got to the production manager back across the factory floor, across the car park, into walls. By the time I reached out on an email to lean processes, trunk has just eliminated all of that. We're in the space, like literally overnight, just boom. They raise a flag straight to my email. It's, it goes straight back into whoever's email and there's a response straight away. Yes. So problems are being removed instantly now because it, it flags on everybody's computer. It's fantastic. It really is brilliant. Lovely, lovely. I'm oh, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And we almost are only just getting started in that respect as well. I mean, the pilot is just a small group of stations with one of the features. But yeah, it'd be exciting to see where we can end up with a full rollout and a full run up at all of this. Really, over three facilities as well. It'd be very exciting, you know. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. All right. And then just from looking behind to looking ahead, then what's the exciting or the interesting thing you'll be working on maybe over the next six months or 12 months? The main thing we're going to be looking at is standardizing our product, as you're aware. So obviously our first standardized project comes out in the next two or three weeks, which Trunk have obviously been a part of. So this is going to be hugely beneficial to us. It really is because we're going to remove any human error, Chris, at all <laughs> on, on the factory floor because of this, because all of our materials will now be standardized. So where we would have had issues with, like, say, the floor for argument's sake, where we would have had like, a thousand different joists per floor, now standardized to the same size joists, we can order copious amounts of joists per factory. The standardized product across HRC, so you'll obviously have your healthcare standardized product, your commercial, and you'll have your, your residential. So there's no bespoke design anymore going forward. Okay. So what that will do is it'll just be the case of everything is standardized. Your beams are standardized, post PFCs, joists, and it'll just make everything a lot quicker, a lot more efficient take the stress out of everybody's work at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. That's, that's essentially where we're looking to over the next six months anyway. Yeah, oh, fantastic. And that standardization then, that's within 
a module so that one module is very standardized compared to the module that's next door to it and next door to that rather exactly. than standardizing of our building so we haven't got like three hospitals that are exactly the same but in terms of what they're made up it's almost like lego bricks for want of a like, better description like if you look at saint luke's for argument's sake when we when you standardize so once you got off the ground floor it was over four floors so ground floor then but first second and third floor were identical so Every bedroom was the same. Every bathroom was the same. When we roll that out across all sectors, mm -hmm. it's going to be no stopping us because it'll just be the case of you just you just make bedrooms, you just make bathrooms, you just make essentially pods. It can work on a flow line and just make everything a hell of a lot more efficient, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just before this, I was looking actually at St. Luke's. Although that was a project in the past, we can only, we're only going to get better from this, but it was a 72-bedroom extension to our hospital, 14 weeks to build 167 modules. So if we're turning the numbers up, if we're adding an extra 15 20% to the production out the door at the factory, then that's even faster to deliver those kind of projects. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it absolutely is. Because what it does is as well, so the main thing about the hospital, especially in healthcare, is it's to reduce, it's reducing the disruption to the site and to the patients. Like the, that, that was our main concern. That's what MMC delivers. If people don't want to be sitting in a hospital bed listening to a construction site, it's all done off site. It just comes and then it, very little disruption. That's why MMC is so beneficial to these projects because you could be looking at an empty car park for three months and then over the space of four or five days, you could have a building up. Yeah. Fully yeah. fitted out. It's incredible. Yeah. And it works really well for other, uh, I've seen a similar sort of interesting projects where maybe like in London, there's limited access. Your site access is one parking space. Like how do you exactly. do a traditional construction in that sort of way? Or where you've city center access and you don't want any disruption during the day, you can only do the work at night, but then you want that work to be quiet. Well, MMC, building off site and creating that into place is a fantastic way to do that. Yeah, so, it really is. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Moving on then, just what might be the biggest challenge that you have on at the moment? Biggest challenge we have now as I said, it's this cultural change, Chris. It really is. It's it's we're turning the corner now where we used to just do spoke projects on that floor. We used to knock morale because you couldn't hit the numbers. There was too many changes. There was too many service rises or too many like additions to the design. We weren't really following the IFC process. Now, even in the space of two to three years now, with this new standardize, with the new approach to design, hitting our stage gates, we're taking the client along this journey with us, which is game changing because at each stage gate, we're all making comments. We're all making adjustments. And then come the next stage gate, all those adjustments are made. Tweak it here and there. And then by the time it hits IFC issue for construction, it hits our manufacturing floor and there's no more issues. Right. But, but now as we roll into the standardized, you can already see in the last couple of weeks you were here, morale is up, modules are up, product is flown out the door. Great, yes. Yeah, so that's definitely our biggest challenge. But one, we're saving. Brilliant. And in, in terms of, uh, you were saying just a little while ago about data, that, that brings that visibility, I mean, for, for management, you know, manage, handling problems and visibility of problems, but also forecasting schedules much more accurately, you know, being able to communicate those to, to customers. But also on the factory floor, as you say about morale, bringing that visibility, are, are we on track or not? Mm -hmm. You know, does what I do this morning influence the output by lunchtime and, and where we end up at the end of the day? Because when we haven't got that visibility, it can affect morale, like you say. Do you find out end of the month, oh, we didn't make bonus but we didn't know anywhere through th about that anywhere exactly. through the month yes it's so so as you were saying there chris so we obviously we manually gather and we it's almost like finger in the air stuff when you're predicting these schedules but like if we go from a healthcare project out on that factory floor into an education project they're, they're so different in terms of how we design and that's what used to kill us so we're probably turn out eight or nine modules per week in healthcare you could turn out 15 in, res in uh, education and, and i'm trying to predict this and then like you said now with technology and the way we have it on the floor i'm getting daily updates now and i can see if we're on track by friday but when doing it manually it could come to wednesday thursday when you realize oh god we're not going to hit this week's numbers 
Do you get me? Yeah. Now, we like between Trump, between the daily meetings, between the lean methodologies and the reporting back into us, I can tell you on a Monday, close a business if we're going to hit our targets by that Friday now. And we were never in that position before. Ever. And it's yes. just like, and these are the sort of changes that like senior management, like, oh, I'm obviously senior management, but like board level, they wouldn't see these sort of changes. But when you tell them, obviously, to jump from whatever 6.8 modules to 10 point, that's when they start noticing. These yes. subtle changes make a huge difference in your book, what drives revenue and lifts morale. Bonuses start flowing. Everybody's happy. Small changes. As I said, it's only the pilot, Chris. Yes. Imagine when we fully kick off on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, I mean, there's a wonderful book I read last year by a chap called uh, James Clear, and there's a good area of that about, about continuous improvement. And this it talks about Dave Brailsford the, around the Olympic cycling team and his okay. approach of one one percent better every day, and those compounded marginal get marginal yeah. gains, and what that adds up to over a year. So a year, when yeah. you're making like leaps, not not just one percent better every day, but like leaps every week that you're mm. making at the moment, like where does that put you in twelve months' time and in two but, years' time? But when so. you think about technology and what we had on that floor. Like the low hanging fruit at the minute. And I just think now everybody's got a taste of, oh my God, this is how we should operate as a manufacturing facility. This is exactly how we should be doing it. Like, it's just, you know, I think our eyes have definitely been open to how technology has played a part in the air, certainly in air also manufacturing here in the factories, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like hearing that. In terms of just sort of wider manufacturing as well, I mean, your experience in, in, in the, the sort of parts of manufacturing or the, or the factories or the products, have you seen it done this way before? Or you mentioned sort of finger in the air and pieces of paper and things. Is, is that more the norm in, in other areas of manufacturing that you've seen? See, manufacturing is so so unpredictable, Chris. Now, and, and the only thing that I could do when I first started here, even though there was no successor, was to just try and get to grips where everything was. So like my main objective was is, Good or bad, wherever the news is, wherever the lead times are, I still need to know where everything is. We didn't have that. Now, like good or bad, unpredictability, you can manage it if the processes are correct, you know? And construction will always do that. It doesn't matter how efficient you become. There'll always be a supplier that might let you down or there'll always be, I don't know, sailings that doesn't happen. Or even recently, like a boat gets docked and we can't get modules across the sea and install slips. And these are things you can't plan for. But you have to just have your procedures in place where you can effectively and efficiently get onto a client, explain the situation, this is what's after happening. And it's more often than not. But, but yeah, like construction, grass isn't greener on the other side than any other MMC business. Yeah. I can tell you that much. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And I'm going to ask a question here, but I feel like I already know the answer because you, of what you've said so far is it sort of what the opportunity might be for technology and offsite at the minute. And is that really about gathering data, enabling visibility and being able to make decisions off the back of that, really? But I, to be honest, I actually don't, I don't get how someone could say technology isn't welcomed in offsite manufacturing. But Regardless of Trunk obviously setting up the pilot eight weeks ago and seeing the benefits of it, from a continuous improvement background, I know what technology can do. It is real live data instantly. And as I said earlier, if there's downtime on that floor, does none of this carry on now of having to, oh, what's the issue? We don't know. It's just a red flag. That's it. Boom. Straight away. Hits the production manager, hits my email, and then it's sent out. And then the problems are addressed there and then. And as I said, it's not minutes. Oh, sorry, it's not hours. It's literally minutes that people are reacting to this now which we didn't have. You could have went on a day. The module could have been on that floor from Monday to Wednesday. The issue's still not being resolved. That's the sort of stuff now that is being eliminated through technology, literally through technology. You know, it's wonderful. Excellent. 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 Then when we think about offsite, you can hear it sort of said that offsite is risky. Some people will say, and eyes are being opened, but why do, people, why do you think people think that offsite is risky? It, eyes definitely are being opened. I will agree with you on that. Mm. Like MMC, even in my time here, Chris has progressed so much, even over two or three years. And two or three years ago, these risks, I'd imagine, were definitely plausible. 
and quite easy to stand over if you're a developer because like if you think about it like, even logistically the risk of modules arriving to site that have been damaged along the way during the manufacturing process like that is a genuine risk Pay, payment of a product before it arrives at site that's another genuine risk yeah and obviously mmc suppliers like their own design is there a copyright like anything could happen and that's mm. a risk but mm. the advancement this is what i will say because i won't obviously say these are risky were genuine risks two or three years ago but i just know working from ess even over the last two or three years I think we put these issues, especially those three issues to bed because QAQC passports for one being introduced and shared with our clients gives gives them a level of confidence before, during and after the modules are. So, so I mean, they know what they're getting. They have yeah. access to our systems. They can see the product being developed before or after and during the manufacturing process. The issue of payment, that used to be a big thing. Now we have weekly and monthly vestings where the client actually physically comes. They see their product and they pay for the product that's on that floor. So they know the quality. They know what they're getting. They can see it. And then the design risk, and I obviously did mention this earlier, that was a huge one if things were copyright, but now the client is on that journey with us during our stage gates. So at each stage gate, they can review, they can change, and they can add comments along this design process. So I think definitely even in the two or three years, the risks that were plausible mm -hmm. and able to stand over are now very much eradicated with these steps that we're after taking. MMC is definitely progressing. I definitely do think guys are opening to it now. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. And when you are doing the work you're doing with a standardized product, you're building it in a controlled environment and you're coupling that with data to give visibility, it's, it's a, it becomes a very predictable certain outcome, really. With exactly. The Listen, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, compared to building in a cold, wet field with uh, with all those variables. Now, I know as people listen to this, they're like, obviously, a biased opinion because he works in MMC. But honestly, I'll obviously have my opinions. I've worked on both. I've worked on sites and I've worked in MMC. So... I feel I have enough experience to make make an opinion, give my own opinion on it anyway. Yes, yeah. No, there's a good there's a good reason you're sat in that seat rather than out in a porter cabin on the side <laughs> of the seat, site. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. So linking onto that then, I mean, what do you think might be needed for off-site construction to take root and become the main way we build? I mean, it's a fast-growing sector, but it's a long way from being the dominant and pr the main way. I mean, what do you think might be needed? I think in terms of what is really to be needed, the very same way technology is being accepted in our manufacturing facility, mm -hmm. it requires a cultural change and an understanding from developers and clients. Like they do understand that MMC brings, it brings speed, it brings health and safety. Like all the health and safety is done off-site, there's none of this on-site. It's sustainable. Mm -hmm. The quality is done off-site. It reduces disruption. It's predictable. To me, personally, now this might be controversial, I think it delivers a better building performance and lower defects doing it off-site because the quality passports are now eliminating any issues that we did have or that may arise by a client. They can come, they can see it, it can be done off-site. Mm -hmm. Then when it comes, when we do get standardized, we become zero issue. We deliver a zero issue product now with standardized and obviously the quality passports that have now been implemented. So look, to see how far we've come in a few short years, Chris, confidence and trust towards MMC has grown and it's grown fast. Yeah, I'm just excited to be bang smack in the middle of it. Yes, me too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then just to just to, to wrap up a little bit, is there anything that I should have asked you but haven't today? Do you want to talk about ISG and where that's taking ESS at the moment? The immediate future where ISG is definitely very exciting. I'm definitely encouraged by it because mm -hmm. I know where they want MMC to go. We obviously invested in a really good business. We have a lot of very good professionals there and I think it's a great investment. Like I, I think ESS will be a global name in five mm -hmm. years' time with this investment, you know. Yeah. Like here's me now sitting as a PMO over three factories. Interesting to see where I'll be in five years' time when I'm sitting over 10 factories trying to keep them all moving. But yeah, no, look, very exciting. Yeah. Global yeah. domination next. Global domination, yeah. So it's pretty Elon Musk, isn't it? Yeah, Chris, look, brilliant. Great stuff. No, thank you very much for that. Really appreciate it. All right. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.
podcast was brought to you by Trunk, the dynamic scheduling platform for off-site construction. Harnessing AI to help your factory deliver more each day. Check out www.trunk.works to find out more.